Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. Today, I'm beginning a new study coming from the Sermon on the Mount. As usual, I'll be reading scripture from the New Living Translation of the Bible. The Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7 and in Luke chapter 6. For the sake of continuity, I will stay in Matthew. Today I began with a study of the Beatitudes. I'm calling this episode, Upside Down Living. Back in 1975, the Kentucky Department of Social Services saw a disturbing trend of broken families. They commissioned a study to see how to improve family life. As they studied families that were thriving and happy, they observed that, without exception, there was a lot of hugging in those families. At the end of the study, one of the action items was a public service campaign called, Have You Hugged Your Kid Today? with a television commercial and bumper stickers. The campaign went nationwide for a while, but the problem was, hugging is not the initiator of creating a happy family. Hugging is what happens when a family is happy. If people are angry and bitter, hugging it out won't make them happy and harmonious. The promotion mischaracterized hugging as a cause of a happy family instead of the result of having a happy family. And it's not uncommon in the church world for us to emphasize practicing actions or behaviors that people who are known to be Christians do, instead of making sure that those actions spring forth from a life that has been transformed by the power of salvation in Jesus Christ. When Jesus began his Sermon on the Mount with what we now call the Beatitudes, He wasn't providing a checklist of behaviors that would lead a person to a blessed life. He is saying that if you see someone who displays these attributes, you have found someone whose life is blessed. Just hugging kids won't make a happy family, and just trying to do these beatitudes won't put someone in a blessed position with God. Let's listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 3. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, 
for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. I like to try to imagine what those people who were scattered along the hillside listening to Jesus' teaching thought about what he was saying. In their world, the Jews were a proud but marginalized people who had a great history, but their present wasn't too hot. They were living in their ancestral land, but under Roman occupation. They were allowed to practice their faith as long as it was peaceful. Their life was one of enforced order, with people groups being divided into the haves and the have-nots. If you were connected, wealthy, or if you were unusually talented, you could get ahead and accumulate wealth and influence. But if you were ordinary, you were just one of the herd, and what you said or did found no audience. The idea was that an accumulation of wealth, political power, or the prestige of a large audience was absolute proof of blessing on someone's life. But Jesus was saying something completely different. He turned all of the conventional thinking about what constitutes a blessed life upside down. This is not some motivational speaker's device to inspire self-confidence. It is so much more. He is not suggesting that these are timeless truths about the way the world is. If he was saying that, he would have been wrong. We all see people mourn without comfort every day. People display mercy without mercy being returned to them. And I don't know of a single humble person who has inherited the earth. No, with these words, Jesus introduces a different world, an upside-down world. It's not a philosophical analysis of the state of the world, It is the pronouncement of a new world that he has begun to set in order. It is the gospel, good news, not just good advice. When Jesus began to assemble his disciples, his call to them was to follow him. Jesus was leading them in a new direction as he established a new covenant with his people. Way back in the Old Testament, God's people had been freed from political oppression in Egypt and had wandered for a time, but in Deuteronomy, they stood at the border of the land God had promised to them. There, they were informed of the blessings that awaited them if they faithfully followed God's commands and the curses that would come if they were disobedient. This was the Old Covenant. And we know that God's people were disobedient and broke the Old Covenant. But isn't it wonderful that God is never finished with us? He sent His Son, Jesus, to set up a new covenant, one not based on us making continual sacrifices to God, but based on Jesus becoming the once and for all perfect sinless sacrifice for each one of us. Now, those of us who have experienced this forgiveness willingly lay down our lives as what the Apostle Paul describes in Romans 12 as being living sacrifices in an expression of devotion to the one who did what we had no hope of doing on our own. The word used for blessed can also be translated as wonderful news. This really is God's wonderful news for us. 
through Jesus' death and resurrection, he has truly turned the world upside down. The old order of what constitutes blessing has changed. If you're poor and realize your need of the Lord, good news. The kingdom of heaven is yours. If you are in a season of mourning, good news. You will find comfort. When we are in right relationship with Jesus by this new covenant that he is introducing, we find that we are blessed. We find that there is good news to be found in every season of life. So when does all of this begin? When do these promises begin to come true? Now, there is a great temptation for us to pack them all up and say that they happen in heaven at the end of our life. After all, several of these promises mention the kingdom of heaven as the reward. But the humble can't inherit the earth if they are somewhere else. So I would ask the question, what and where are heaven? Well, in the most simple terms, heaven is God's place where full reality exists. And it's not in a galaxy far away. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about us seeing things imperfectly now, but we catch glimpses. The place of God's perfect reality is really close to our present imperfect reality, and at some time, that thin wall that separates them will be removed. Then the two will be joined, and we will see everything perfectly. But that fact doesn't give us permission to sit back and wait for that day to happen. The prayer that Jesus taught us, the one we call the Lord's Prayer, teaches us to pray that God's kingdom will come and His will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. The life of heaven, where Jesus is already king, is to become the life of the world, transforming the earth into the place of beauty and delight that God always meant for it to be. So that's the beauty of the Beatitudes. They call us to live in the present in a way that will make sense in God's promised future. And the future began its arrival with the arrival of Jesus. Today, this Beatitude way of life looks upside down because we are waiting on the promised new heaven and new earth. But living the Beatitude way of life is a statement of faith that it is indeed right side up, and that glorious day is coming. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.